0: Turn in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Today you will begin casting your vote in Faith Promise Missions. The pastor and his assistants have given you Faith Promise cards. And in a little while you'll have an opportunity to to do your part in worldwide evangelism. I used to tell our church... We would start taking the faith promise cards. If you don't fill one out, I'll fill one out for you. So you want to take care of that and get it settled. You'll want to come by. I would love taking that card, folding it with a prayer, and putting it in those globes. You will never be the same, and neither will be the world, that you're going to do what these ladies sang about, that you can touch the world. So we encourage you to uh, do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Can I invite you, if you're able, if you're able, would you stand with me as we read God's word? Verse 1, chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren... We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia how then a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality for to their power I bear record yea and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice. For this is expedient for you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward. A year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which we have. Father, bless the reading of your word. And my prayer today is if there is somebody here that does not know you as their Savior, that they would not leave here today without trusting in you. But Lord, today we're speaking to the church. As this morning in the first service, I'm asking every member of this church to examine themselves and to consider what Paul told the church at Corinth to prove the sincerity of our love and by doing so that we might be forward from that which was a year ago. We thank you for that and we ask you to be glorified in all that's done. In Jesus' name we pray and we ask it. Amen. Thank you and you may be seated. <clears throat> the title of our message this morning is a fresh look at faith promise missions. No doubt many of you have been seated in an auditorium not unlike where we are today, maybe even in this building where you've heard of faith promise. And it could be that maybe you've Enjoyed it and been a part of the faith promise ministry. And so if you're not careful spiritually and maybe personally, it might cause you to yawn for just a moment and think, oh, it's another one of those messages. I am reminded of the uh, dilemma that Kellogg's uh, found themselves in several years ago, their poster brand cereal that launched them into the billion dollar bracket was Kellogg's Corn Flakes. How many of you have ever eaten a bowl of Kellogg's Corn Flakes? Well, the fact is, they begin to see their number one seller take number two, and then number three, and cereals such as Cocoa Krispies and Fruit Loops and all of those other types of cereal begin to eclipse the sales of that familiar cereal. They came up with an incredible marketing scheme that I think uh, kind of fits What we want to do today. They came up with a thought that said if we could just get the people to taste it again for the first time. That's what I'm asking God to do for us today. Maybe you have heard about missions and you've heard more missionaries than you can count, you've got all their prayer cards on your refrigerator. Maybe you're familiar with it, but maybe today, if God will allow us, I'm challenging you to taste it again for the first time. To take it and to ask God what it is that he desires of us in this service today. It was during the Civil War that President Abraham Lincoln would often attend a church near the White House just to find solace, just to find medicine for his soul. Accompanied by an aide, he would slip in and out, trying to do so unnoticed. One morning, as they left the service, his aide asked the president what he thought about the sermon. The president said, The sermon was theologically sound and eloquently delivered. But the president continued, The preacher The preacher failed miserably taken back because the president had never criticized the preacher. The aide asked the question, Mr. President, why do you say that the, the preacher failed miserably? The president responded by saying, because the pastor did not demand of us something great. There is nothing greater than what your pastor has led this church and you as a member to do this morning. God is calling us to take and realize that during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, he gave us two mandates. The first mandate was the great commandment when asked, what's the greatest law? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as thyself. He said, on these two law, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. After his crucifixion and his resurrection, preceding his ascension, Christ also gave to the church and the apostles, not only the Great Commandment, but he gave us the Great Commission. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This morning I want you to realize that mission isn't an add in to a church calendar. Matter of fact, if you would realize, if you take missions out of the Bible, you won't have anything left but the cover. The entire Bible is, is founded on this fact of God pursuing a lost and a fallen world. When we think of this, this morning, I've shared for many years, the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity. It's his... Sending capacity. God, no doubt, will be working in the hearts of each of us. Some to pray. Some to give. And some to go. My heart, as I heard Brother Portello sharing his burden and his passion of his nets breaking. And he began to weep and say, would you come help us? I wanted to say, I'll go, (laughs) I will help. You see, that ought to be the heart cry of of every one of us being willing. F.B. Meyer said, Lord, would you make me willing to be willing? And that's the work that God wants to do in a meeting just as we have this morning. You know, one of the greatest privileges we have as born-again Christians is the opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oliver B. Green, the great evangelist of yesteryear, said the greatest bomb to ever explode to the face of an unbelieving world was a resurrected Savior. When they nailed Jesus to the cross and put him in the grave, nobody ever thought he would ever rise again. But listen, this morning, the most documented fact in history is that we serve a risen Savior. And there's a world this morning that's waiting to hear that message. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, and to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It's the dynamite. It's the dunamis, the power of God to salvation. You see, the gospel... As I'll share tonight, the gospel was to go from the cross through the church to the world. That's God's plan. There is no other plan from the cross through the church to the world. Without God, we can't. But without us... He won't. Church this morning, without God, we can't. But without us, he won't. This morning, today is one of the most important business meetings for your church all year long. As a New Testament local church, you have the privilege of doing something great. You'll look back at the big days the candy, I can't even pronounce it. Why do you say it again? Palooza. In the Greek, that means snicker bars. <laughs> now, the idea, there's a lot of things that you'll look back and remember and maybe souls will be saved at the trunk or tree. What a, a great idea. But when you come down to the, The final equation. When it was all done, what we're doing is what Brother Portillo was doing around the world as we're taking the gospel to the mission field. In our church, for many years, we had on the back door as you would exit. You are now entering the mission field. For some, it's to go across the street. For others, it's at work. For others. It's around the world. And that's what this meeting is about, to equip us. And you will get to cast your vote for what you and your church will do for worldwide evangelism. Now, this morning from God's word, I want us to consider four important questions concerning faith promise. I have to admit to you, I'm not known for profundity. Matter of fact, I, I kind of am glad that I'm known for simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of the Great Commission. This morning, I want us to look first of all at what is the faith promise offering for missions. If you're here for the first time, you may not have ever heard of that phrase or that term. If you've been here for any length of time, then certainly you're acquainted with it. But the faith promise offering is a biblical plan or method of giving over and above your tithe for worldwide evangelism. Pastors already said it, but let me reiterate it. It's over and above your tithe. Your tithe belongs to the Lord, your local church. Your tithe is the first 10% of your offering. And of your income, anything above your tithe is an offering. Your tithe proves you're honest. That belongs to God. Your offering proves your love. This is a faith promise offering. Now, when we look at that, I want us to see that it's biblical. Number one, faith is biblical. It's not a gimmick. This is not some type of a a special campaign that we're trying to figure out what we're going to do now after this next year. No, it's for the last 2023 years. This is God's plan. And it's to be done by faith. Faith is biblical. Do you know we're saved by faith? Can I get a witness by that? For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. We are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Not only are we saved by faith, but we're to live by faith. And the scriptures in Romans, it tells us that uh, the just shall live by faith. There's no life like it to trust God and know the God that created this world also has a plan for your life. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you and they are good and they're not evil. This is a faith that we have in a God that loves us and gave his son for us. We're saved by faith. We're to live by faith. We're to walk by faith. Second Corinthians tells us that we're not to walk by faith or we are to walk by faith and not by sight. And finally, without faith, we cannot please God. A.W. Tozer said, The Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. The two are opposite sides of the same coin. What does faith promise offerings? Why would we be involved in it? Number one, because faith is biblical. Number two, promise is biblical. Psalm 76, 11 says, Vow vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presence unto him that ought to be feared. What a joy it is to come before God and to commit your promise. Several years ago in a mission's conference not unlike this one I received a card and on the card was attached a picture of one of our teens a teenage girl and on the back of the faith promise card was this picture and a note that said all I have to give is myself. I promise. Promise is biblical. Faith is biblical. Thirdly, offerings are biblical. Will a man rob God? We might pride ourselves this morning saying, I give my tithe every week. But Malachi reminds us, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. You say, wherein have we robbed thee? He says, in tithes and in offerings. So this morning, the faith promise offering is centered on missions. What's received from a faith promise offering will not be to buy a new bus or a new van. It won't put carpet in a room that it's worn. It will not replace the the HVAC. It will not cause the grounds to be uh, more beautified. It's for missions. And when we think of this, when you give it, you can know that this offering is going to go from the cross through the church to the world. And when we recognize that, nothing is closer to the heart of God than reaching souls for Jesus Christ. Christ died for the whole world. He died for all of us. Several years ago, I was in a meeting not far from this church in an Elmer's where Senator Sam Nunn had come and several pastors were gathered there for a a luncheon. He stood up and told a story I've never forgotten. He told how that he had been in the war-torn country of Sarajevo He said he was being toured around to different places and the cameras and all of the media was nearby. He said he stepped out of the car where he had been transported. And as he stepped out, a sniper's bullet rang out and caught the head of a small boy just outside the car door. He said, It happened so quickly it was a blur. He says, I stepped back and there was a man that picked up the small boy that was bleeding profusely and put him in the back seat of our car and said to us, Quick, hurry, he's still alive. They sped off together and as they headed towards the hospital, the man said, Hurry, he's still breathing finally pulled up there, and as they pulled into the hospital emergency, they took the small boy out and laid him on a gurney, and they checked him quickly, and the doctor said he was dead on arrival. The man began to weep. As he began to weep, he had blood on his shirt, on his khaki pants, and... Sam Nunn, the senator, said he didn't know what to say. He turned to the man and said, I'm so sorry for the loss of your son. And the man wiped his face and said to Senator Sam Nunn, Oh, he's not my son. Suddenly, Sam, Senator Sam Nunn said, What? What? We just fled the scene, and we took a boy that's not your son, and I certainly didn't know who he was. We took him to the hospital, and you're telling me he's not your son? Senator said. The man, through a veil of tears, said, "Aren't they all ours? Are the aren't they all ours?" church aren't they all ours if there's somebody tonight and we'll pillow their head in Portland and they and they haven't been saved it's always been a burden to my heart that's one we missed I know what the I know what the stats are in the northwest and I know what's going on in Israel and, and I understand what's happened in Sarajevo and Croatia and Kosovo aren't they all ours The Bible reminds us, for God so loved the world and so church this morning, the world needs to hear Christ's provision for their salvation. The gospel means good news. But maybe you could write this down and remember it later. The gospel is only good news if it gets there on time. Somebody's waiting. The truth is, I'd share with you this morning, the most sobering truth I ever heard were 10 words. When the Spirit of God meets in our heart and he convicts us about witnessing or giving or going, remember these 10 words. When the, by divine appointment, the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, somebody is waiting On the other side of my obedience. Somebody is waiting on the other side of our obedience. So as we come this morning, they cannot hear without a preacher. And the preachers must be sent. And in taking the gospel, sending involves praying and paying for the needs of the missionaries. Financial support. A missionary that steps out by faith and says, here am I, send me. It's the responsibility of a local church to stand up and support them to go. That's God's plan. That's what faith promise is about. Number two, why do we use the faith promise method? There's a lot of different reasons. But the ultimate reason is to prove and demonstrate our love for God. It's not because if we don't do something, the preacher's going to come around and ask us again. It's not because there's going to be any arm wrangling or, or perhaps somebody is, is going to notice and you'll feel kind of guilty if you don't go forward. That's not what it's about. You see, what motivates us is our love for God. Paul said, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion for the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of our love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We don't don't do what we do in giving for notoriety. We do what we do because we love him. We love him that sent his son for us. My friend, Dr. Keene told the story to me years ago. He had a little girl that used to travel with... He and his children, they would travel as they were going from meeting to meeting. And this little girl had a little baby doll by the name of all things, Mrs. Beasley. It was just a little ragtag little doll. And it was worn. The hair was kind of falling out and the buttons, some were missing. And this little girl, no matter how that doll looked, she loved Mrs. Beasley. One morning after a Sunday night service early, they had to leave to get to their place where they were going to be for the next meeting. And so they did. How many of you parents have ever done this? You got the children out of bed in a blanket and carried them to the car, put them in the car. They never woke up and you went on down the road. That's what they did. And they got down the road about an hour and Brother King said he heard his daughter whimpering in the back of the back of the car. His wife checked on his daughter and said, What's wrong? And she said, I can't find Mrs. Beasley. Now that sickened Dr. Keene in his stomach because he could f- sense what was going to happen. His little girl and they had tragically left Miss Beasley at the motel. They were an hour away from the motel. And his wife, and he knew, husbands, you already feel the pain of this. His wife turned to him and said to him, What are you going to do? He said, You know, I never have really liked Miss Beasley. He said, But the truth is, at that moment, I think I actually hated Miss Beasley. But he said, Preacher, I have to confess to you. I may not have loved Miss Beasley. But I love somebody that loved Miss Beasley. And that's why I turned the car around and went back. You may not love somebody in Nicaragua. But if you love the one that died on the cross for those You'll love them. Why do we use the faith promise method to prove and demonstrate our love for God? To carry out the great commission. That's our commission. It's either a commission this morning or it's an omission. And you'll decide what it will be in your life and our church. It's to abound in the grace of giving. It says... Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. You may be growing in your faith. You may be growing in your love. You may be growing in your knowledge. But are we growing in this grace of giving? How many of you know that God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Write this down. God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take it from a grouch. (laughs) We've just got to decide which side of the heart we're going to be on. When we think about giving, it's to abound in this grace. It's to follow Christ's example in giving. It was Jesus that said it's more blessed to give than to receive. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And then ultimately, as Brother Vestal so clearly made it this morning, why do we do this? To bring glory to God. Everything we've done this morning was to honor and glorify our God. One day we'll have the privilege of casting our crowns at his feet. The song says, Will there be any stars in my crown? Will there be any that we could cast at Jesus' feet? Number three, how does God provide for our faith promise offering? Pastor, don't you realize the, the economy and the, the difficulty? Don't, don't you know we live in Oregon? Don't you understand what our taxes are, our property taxes? Already we're getting nervous because the end of October is approaching. We've got to pay our, our taxes and all of these things. Pastors, things are getting more expensive. We pump our gas now and the gas hasn't gone down. Amen. You see, what I'm saying is that how can we do this? How can we afford to give more? Number one, through our abundance. In Psalm 68 it says, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Psalm 68, or 103 in verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. By a showing of hands, how many will say, Pastor, today, just by raising my hand, I'm saying, God's been good to me. Amen. Why should we give? How do we do it? Through the abundance. God will never ask you to give something you don't have. He's asking you, will you give from that you have? And the real test is not how much are you going to give? The real test is how much are we going to keep? How does God provide? Through our abundance. Secondly, through our sacrifice. In Second Samuel 24, David needed to have an altar built. And he came to Arana and says, I, I want to buy the land and all from you to be able to offer a sacrifice. And Arana says, nay, but I will surely um, give it to you. And David said, no, I will surely buy it of thee at a price. And then he said this, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. There's something about giving sacrificially. I I can't tell you how important it is. I've bought my wife a lot of things. Jewelry. Clothes, I've given a lot of things. And she's always been very appreciative. But the thing that gets her attention most is when it costs me something. When she knew that we had to do without, or I had to figure out a way to give it. It's the same way with our kids. I could buy this piece of jewelry for my wife and the kids could bring in this bouquet of weeds. And she thinks it's the greatest thing ever. God wants us to give through a sacrifice. And you know another way that we could give? Now this may seem awfully uh, carnal, but through good management. Some of you are married to spenders. Some of you are married to savers. If you'll put your fist down and come together, maybe you could realize there's a way we could save in our budget. And we could cut here and and maybe justify this. And maybe from that, I'm not talking about budgeting God. But sacrificing something that you might be able to give this year in your missions offering. God loves that. Through abundance, through our sacrifice, through good management, through creativity. Proverbs tells us in verse 21, there's treasure to be desired in all in the dwelling of the wise. And it says the thoughts of the diligent tend only to be plenteous. You could be creative. I remember we would make our offering every year and we always gave in faith promise. But I remember my wife she just kind of got on for the ride because she didn't have any money except the money I gave her for groceries. Now I wasn't too interested in her cutting my grocery budget. But she said, "I want to give by faith, I want to give." And she began to work and some of you ladies will identify with this others not. I know that she still does it. She started using coupons. And she would keep track of what money she would actually save in using coupons. And the money that she saved, she set it aside. And guess what that became? Her faith promise. You can give through sacrifice, through abundance, through management, through creativity. You can give one of our kids in our church, just a little toe-headed boy, came up and filled out a card for a faith promise. He said, I'm going to give. He told me later, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start collecting pop cans. And he did. He started collecting those cans. He would go around, ask people for their cans. And man, he had all these cans. Every week he would collect these cans. It was almost a nuisance. But you know that that young boy now is the pastor at Greater Portland Baptist Church. God taught him something about giving. And then only through creativity, but through unexpected income. Let me tell you this. Write this down. God knows who he can bless with funds for missions. He knows if he can trust you. When God gives you unexpected income, don't think, oh, there's the new car. There's the new clothes. There's the new purse or the new shoes. No, God knows who he can trust. It says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. If God gives you something unexpectedly, realize there's probably a need coming up or that you already know and he will show you that's what that's for. But most of all through faith. We give through faith. The more we know of God, the more unreservedly we will trust him. The greater our progress in theology, the simpler and more childlike will become our faith. Now, number four, quickly. What are the results of faith promise giving? I'll tell you what they are. First of all, souls are saved. When it's all said and done, it'll take another world, another platform, for you to really see what God has done through your missions giving. But souls will be saved. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth with weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. The financial needs of the missionaries will be met, enabling them to go forth with the gospel. The local church is enabled to carry out the great commission to the uttermost. And God's people become channels to others. I'm almost done. You don't look back there very often, but sometime I want to challenge you to open the book of maps up in your Bible. You'll notice in the area of Israel that there are two main bodies of water in Israel. There's the Sea of Galilee. There's also the Dead Sea. The ironic thing about the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is the same river feeds both of them. It's the Jordan River. There is a difference. The Sea of Galilee is so uh, so fruitful and it's watering and it goes out to the desert and causes it to blossom like a rose and it causes growth and there's life because of the tributaries that flow out from the Sea of Galilee. But the same river flows through the Sea of Galilee out the bottom into the Dead Sea. And if you look at the Dead Sea, it's all contained. And the Dead Sea is dead. Nothing can live or sustain life in it or near it. What's the difference? The difference is the same supply, but what we do with it. What I want to ask you is, will we be a Sea of Galilee Christian where God flows into us his blessings, or will we be a Dead Sea Christian, where we keep it ourselves? A, a, A little higher, will we be a Sea of Galilee church, or will we become a Dead Sea church? You see, the Lord blesses and meets the needs of the individuals, as well as the collective needs of the local church. And in the end, God is glorified. Now, the missionary outreach of Grandview is supported solely by the financial giving of God's people who by faith dedicate themselves to the task of underwriting the financial needs of the missionaries supported by this church. Each year, you have a mission's emphasis to recommit ourselves to the task of worldwide evangelism. Church, listen, today you can do something great. Today, we have the opportunity together to do something great. And with this in mind, let each of us decide how we will cast our vote for worldwide evangelism during this conference. The first, you might say, I've not been involved with faith promise, but by God's grace, I will start in this conference. That little card in that globe, you're saying, I've never done it before, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to start. Others may say, I'm currently involved in faith promise. And by God's grace, I want to increase my support so that we can send more missionaries to reach the lost. Your card will communicate that. Others may say, I currently support faith promise, but I do not plan on increasing my offering. I realize this means... We cannot increase our outreach. We can't take on any more missionaries. Tragically, the last, I do not support faith promise missions, and I do not plan to start. And I realize that this is a vote to call every missionary home from foreign soil. It was F.B. Meyer that said, Lord, make me willing to be willing. In just a moment, Pastor will encourage you to place your card. But finally, I want to say, if you're not saved, God loves you and gave his son, Jesus, to die for you on the cross. And I'll share it again with you this morning. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have to go to heaven. And you don't have to go to hell. But you're not going to stay here. You will spend eternity either in heaven or hell. And Jesus did what was necessary for you to be saved. And today, if you've never trusted in Christ, with every head bowed, every eye closed, in just a moment the invitation will come and will be done. But if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, the mission field we're most concerned about is right here. Who would say, Pastor, would you, would you pray for me right now? God's dealing with my heart about missions. I want to do what God needs me to do. I want to be faithful. But who would say this? Pastor, if I'm honest, I don't have a home in heaven. I can't even tell somebody about doing that. I haven't taken care of it myself. And preacher, I don't want to go to hell. Now, don't embarrass me, but who would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I do not know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. But would you please remember me in prayer? In the balcony downstairs, would you just slip your hand up and say, please pray for me? I need Jesus. Anyone at all? I need Jesus. I need what you're talking about. I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Everybody makes mistakes, but the greatest mistake anybody could ever make is go to hell over a mistake. I used to tell people every Sunday I preached at Greater Portland. Every aisle leads to an altar. All you have to do is just get up and come, and we'd be glad to show you how you can know Christ. Not only is it a place that will bring you to Jesus if you'll come, but it's a place to give your offering. Father, I pray that you'll take this simple message in God today. I pray for some, they'll taste it again for the first time. And Lord, that you would make a difference in our lives. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as your savior, that today they'll trust in you in Jesus name, pastor.
1: You could stand to your feet this morning. I think every one of us could at least do a dollar. At this time, I wanna encourage you maybe to come forward and put your vote into the globe. I'm going to be doing it in just a second. I think every one of us could at least give a dollar, maybe more. But you respond to how God would have you do this morning. As the piano plays, let me encourage you to come forward. Maybe, as Brother Adam said, you'd like to follow Lord, and uh, just accepting Christ as your Savior. We'd love to talk to you about that and pray with you. Maybe others would like to follow it in baptism. We have several that have been interested in getting baptized this morning. I want to encourage you to come forward this morning. Maybe there's someone that would like to place their membership here at Grandview Baptist Church. We'd love to make that public this morning, and I want to encourage you to come forward at this time. But as God spoke to your heart today, maybe you'd like to give a dollar, $5, $10, $20, $30 from the balcony all the way down an opportunity to cast your vote in the globe this morning so we can reach more people for Christ in Honduras and China in Africa, all over this world. May I encourage you to respond as the Lord would have you to, as the piano plays this morning. have plenty of time three different people are following baptism this morning they're getting ready but just just pray and allow God to work in your heart continue to keep coming as God would have you to as the piano plays God bless you. You may be seated. And thank you, Dr. Adams. I appreciate that wonderful message. Thank you, Brother Pertillo, again, for sharing your heart with us. We're looking forward to tonight from hearing from these men again. Uh, Debbie Shores, Catherine Strobin, and Matthew O'Neill each have come forward for baptism this morning. And so they're getting ready to get baptized. And, of course, last week we had several more baptized, and we're excited about that. And so they're getting ready right now. Is Arlene Johnson here this morning? Arlene, there you are. Thank you. I didn't forget. I talked to her on a Thursday. Uh, by the way, the Best Years Club, we had a wonderful time up there in Hood River. And we had a great time getting up to see uh, the train ride and all that. And, man, there's a bunch of uh, uh, troublemakers in that group. And uh, I, had to, I actually didn't have to behave myself. It was great. We had a great time. And so, uh, But she mentioned, she said, Pastor, I want to join the church on Sunday. And so Arlene's been saved, baptized. She's been a part of our starting point class. And so all in favor say aye. All right, it carries. Welcome to the family, Arlene. We're so glad you're a part of us. Looking forward to serving the Lord together in the years to come. Okay, at this time we're going to have a video uh, just showing um, some upcoming events. We'll have a baptism and then we'll be on our way. Uh, before the video is shown, I want to encourage you, our missionary will be in the back at his table. Uh, Brother Adams, you'll be in the back too, and he has some prayer cards as well for his ministry uh one thing we can do more than anything is pray for our missionaries and partner with them in prayer and so if you'll pick up a prayer card on your way out and see some of the things that are going that would be great and so let's show the video at this time Thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at five for another sermon from Pastor Rick Adams.
2: Don't miss the next Lady Service Ministry Meeting on Wednesday, October 18th from one to three p.m. at the Forest Creek Park Lodge. There will be a potluck lunch, so bring a dish to share and we'll have a short devotion as well as a drawing for door prizes. Come join us as we work together to equip, encourage, and extend the work of Grand View. The church office is preparing the 2024 personal tithing envelopes for our members. Please help us in staying up to date with our giving envelopes by stopping by the welcome desk to let us know if you would like to receive a set of 2024 personal tithing envelopes or if you have received them in the past and would like to opt out due to online giving. If we do not hear from you by October 29th, we will mark your preference as it was last year.
1: Trunk or Treat is right around the corner on October 29th at 5 p.m. Join us for the special community event we host right here in the Grandview parking lot. There will be free candy for all in attendance and plenty of games and activities for you to enjoy, as well as a raffle for two fire pits and a Fred Meyer gift card. If you would like to donate candy or are interested in decorating your vehicle for Trunk or Treat, please sign up at the Welcome Desk or see Derek Vestal.
2: We are looking for a few more volunteers to help keep our buildings clean. Some basic needs involve vacuuming, dusting, cleaning bathrooms, and more. If you would consider helping on a monthly, weekly, or maybe once a year, please see Mrs. Vestal or
1: sign up at the welcome desk. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5.
2: accepted Christ as your Savior? I have. Praise the Lord. Be upon a, a, a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Matthew, Matthew Strobel. Matthew, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yeah. Yes. he has. Praise the Lord. Matthew, in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear in the likeness of his death. raised in the likeness of his resurrection. This is Catherine. Catherine, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection.
1: What a wonderful day we've enjoyed today in the house of the Lord. Let's bow for close. Uh, Bow for prayer and then we will be dismissed. Father, we love you. Thank you for all you have done for us. God, thank you for your continued work of missions that has happened around the world. Lord, we know that as Christians we have the opportunity to to join together with you as we support that work. Lord, though many of us may not be called directly to go to a, a country like Nicaragua or somewhere else, Father, you've called us here and you've called us to be a part of your missions work in the area that you've called us to. And so I pray, God, that you'd help us to pick up uh, the uh, the burden that you've given us, Lord, you say to take, our, take your yoke upon us. And so I pray, Lord, that we would do that this morning and that you would guide and direct our thoughts and our actions this week. Bless us as we come back tonight for the evening service. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye.